0: Good morning morning. and Merry Christmas Christmas. welcome to Providence Church on this glorious Sunday morning for those of you who are visiting with us we are so glad um, that you are here worshiping with us today God is busy here God is busy working in us and God is busy working through us Um, and we would love to have you join us uh, in our growing Providence family the new year is a fabulous uh, time and wonderful opportunity to get involved in the life and ministry of a church. And if you don't have a church home, we would heartily welcome you uh, into the life of the Providence family. Um, For those of you who didn't receive one in the mail, and that would include those of you who are visiting with us today, I would invite you to pick up um, a copy of our latest newsletter. It's called Providence Today. It's available to you in the narthex. It'll have all the information about um, the Bible studies and mission programs and service opportunities that exist in the life of Providence Church that you can become involved in, um, gee, starting week after next, the first of the year. So I just invite you to pick up that information as you don't have any announcements printed in your bulletin today. I do have a couple of reminders um, for those of you who are here a lot. Uh, The first is that the church office will be closed tomorrow. So if you choose to come by, you'll be here by yourself. Um, And the other reminder is about next Sunday. Next Sunday is New Year's Day. We will be worshiping together again at 10.30. Um, There won't be any Sunday school classes next week. There won't be a fellowship hour, but we will be having worship here in the sanctuary again at 10.30 next week. And then we we will be resuming our regular schedule um, following that. I would invite you to turn and greet those around you sharing the peace of Christ this Christmas day. grace, mercy, and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Please join me as we ask the Lord to bless our worship. Let us pray. Holy God, we do thank you for your presence here in the person of the infant Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit in our very midst this day. We would ask, Lord God, that you would draw us unto yourself, even as you draw near to us this Christmas. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. the Berrigan family to please come forward for John's baptism baptism is an outward and a visible sign of an inward and a spiritual grace and by presenting children for baptism we claim here on earth what we trust God claims in heaven and that is claiming the children of those who believe in him as his very own it is a covenant theology that's at work in infant baptism it's you and I living under the covenant of grace in Jesus Christ claiming that those who are raised in the faith are his as well. In presenting your children for baptism, the two of you claim your own faith in Jesus Christ and make the promise that just as you are raising Tommy and Grace in the faith, you're going to continue, and you're going to raise John Joseph in the faith as well. And so, Tom and Paige, I've got a question for you today. Do you promise, in dependence upon God's grace, to bring John up in such a way that he will know God and knowing God, love God, and loving God, serve God, do you? And do you confess your own faith in Jesus Christ, and do you promise to seek in your own lives to follow Christ as Savior and Lord, do you? Now, for Tommy and Grace, I have a question for the two of you. Because in your lives, he's going to follow you around. He's going to watch everything that you do. He's going to listen to everything that you say. And the way that you treat him is going to help him understand how much God loves him. And so I want to ask you, do the two of you you promise to love John? Do you? Do you promise to teach him the things that you know about God? And do you promise to teach him the things in the Bible that you know? Now you and I represent the entire church of Jesus Christ on this day. And so the promise that we make here is not just a promise for Providence Church. It's a promise made on behalf of the entire church universal of Jesus Christ. And so if you are a part of a worshiping Christian community anywhere, I'm going to invite you to participate in answering this question today. Do you, the members of this congregation today, representing the whole church of Jesus Christ in the world, do you promise to nurture this child in the faith, Teaching him by your demonstration of the gospel what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. If you will, say, We will.
1: Let us pray. Almighty and most gracious God, take this water now and use it for a sacred purpose that of delivering the message that this child belongs to you and shall be yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen. John Joseph Berrigan, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. May the Spirit of Jesus Christ descend upon you now and may his Spirit live in you now and for all of your life. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this magnificent child, and thank you for bringing him into this world through this remarkable family. Wrap them all up in your grace. Keep them safe. and May they live always as a testament to your glory and your grace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: This is John Joseph, child of the covenant, engrafted into the body of Christ forevermore. I charge you, his brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, to receive him into your hearts, to receive him into your charge. You are the ones who are now responsible to teach him the things of the faith, to love him as God loves him. And through the demonstration of the gospel in your life by the Fruits of the Spirit that you bear out. May he come to know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and indeed claim him as his very own. Amen. Let us stand rejoicing together, announcing the birth of our Lord and Savior, singing Go Tell It on the Mount. one very practical note for you this morning. Friday is the last business day of the year 2005. The church office closes on Friday at 5 p.m. And so, your gifts, your year-end gifts to the church either need to be delivered to the church office by 5 o'clock on Friday or postmarked by Saturday, as there will not be anyone in the church office to receive your gifts on Saturday and by next Sunday, we will be in a new year. So that's the practical note for this morning. Now I have a question for you, but before you answer it, I want you to consider where you are, what day it is, and who is asking the question. So here's the question. With all of that in mind, what is the greatest gift you received this Christmas morning? Oh, good job, good answer. Now I have a challenge for each and every one of you. Without a doubt, someone is going to ask you that question. What's the best gift you got this Christmas? What did Santa bring you? What did you receive? I challenge you to answer them the same way you just answered me. Taking the opportunity to share the good news of what you believe happens at Christmas with everyone who dares to ask. Give God the glory publicly in your life, acknowledging him before others. Let other people know that you know the gift of God in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Holy God, indeed, we do thank you for every good and perfect gift which comes from above. And on this Christmas day, we thank you for the greatest gift of all, Jesus the Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for his life. We thank you for his ministry, we thank you for his death, we thank you for his resurrection, and we thank you that even now he reigns in power at your right hand. Holy God, the gifts that we lay before his manger throne, we would ask that you would multiply them to your use and to Christ's glory in this world. In his name we pray. Amen.
2: Wonder as I wander is an Appalachian folk cow. We are not sure who wrote it or set it to music. We are sure that it was handed down from generation to generation. It was discovered by John Jacob Niles in the 1930s, a musicologist who was wandering through the Appalachian Mountains trying to find unique and original music. I like to envision it as being sung in a small wooden church in a hollow somewhere in the rugged Appalachian mountains on a snowy Christmas day. I wonder as I wander out under the sky how Jesus the Savior did come for to die. For poor, hungry people like you and like I, I wonder as I wander out under the sky. When Mary birthed Jesus was in a cow stall with wise men and farmers and shepherds and all but high from god's heaven a star's light did fall and the promise of ages it then did recall if jesus had wanted for any we think a star in the sky or a bird on the wing or all of god's angels in the heaven for to sing he surely could have it for he was the king i wonder as i wonder Out under the sky How Jesus the Savior Did come for to die For poor people Like you and like I I wonder as I wander Out under the sky
0: Our scripture lesson comes today from the first chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew, beginning at the 18th verse. This is the word of the Lord. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name
1: Jesus. Let us pray. Give me Jesus, Lord. Give me Jesus. You can have all the rest. Just give me Jesus. Amen. Once upon a time, in a little town called Nazareth, there was a young woman named Mary and a young man named Joseph. Interesting when you stop to think about it, that for all of the impact the two of them have had upon our world, We actually know so little about them. For all of the difference they have made in human history, they occupy no significant space in our history books. All we really know about them is one tiny, intriguing little slice of their lives. But oh, what a fascinating slice it is. Well, you see, their story was a story of great romance. They fell in love, deeply in love, so deeply in love that nothing, no difficulty, no challenge could ever pull them apart. And they experienced some absolutely incredible things together. And their story is also a story of great adventure. I mean, angels appearing, Long hard journeys, wandering stars, a midnight berth in a cold stable, adoring shepherds, worshipful wise men, and then to cap it all off, a frantic last minute escape from death. Oh, but you know, it seems to me that best of all, their story is the story of how God hooked extra onto extraordinary. Because, you see, Mary and Joseph were just ordinary people, frightfully ordinary people. And yet God, when God sought to find a couple to whom he could entrust his only son, God chose young Mary and young Joseph. Absolutely extraordinary. I wonder what it was that led God to select the two of them. I think the only way we can find the answer is to tell their story all over again. To tell it in both word and song. And so there is a sense in which I'm going to ask us to sing our way through this sermon. At appropriate times under the direction of David Kimball. I'm going to ask you to sing a single verse of one of the great carols of Christmas. Let's begin here. what we call her that is not what joseph would have called her you see mary is the english version of her actual name her actual name was miriam interestingly enough it literally means the lord's beloved isn't that beautiful ah but we call her mary What did she look like? We don't know. Artists traditionally have portrayed her as a beautiful brunette, dark eyes, olive skin, but we really don't know. We can reasonably assume, I think, that she was 14, maybe 15 years old. You see, that would have been normal in those days. In those days, marriages were arranged between families, And if a young woman was not married by age 17, well, something was wrong. Most young women were married between the ages of 13 and 14. And so I think it's logical for us to assume that Mary was 14, maybe fifty years old. In any case, she was terribly young. It was at that point that suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to her. It startled her. Startled her so profoundly that the angel actually said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, you and I know perfectly well what the angel had in mind, but Mary would not have known. I, I want you to focus on that line. You have found favor with God. You see, in those days, all too frequently, to be found favorable by God was actually a death sentence, or sometimes would lead to being sent off to a distant land. And so when Mary heard those words, she would not have known what the angel really meant. She was terrified, terrified, if not by the appearance of the angel, then certainly by the announcement of the angel. Ah, but the angel quickly went on to explain, you will conceive in your womb and you will bear a son. And you will call his name Jesus, and the child will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, who grabbed the immensity of this moment, God, the great God who created everything that is, God, our God, who has no physical limitations, whatever, suddenly chose to be limited by hands and feet, and fingers and toes, and eyes and ears, and a tongue and a nose. How incredible. The angel said to Mary, The child to be born will be holy, and he will be the Son of God. Mary must have wondered, what kind of child is this? This, this is Christ the King. Joseph. At this point in time, Joseph also, more than likely, was rather young. 18, 19 years old, that would have been the norm in that time and in that place. Yes, we can be reasonably certain that he was young as well. You know, it's always amazed me. I, I know that God does speak through those who are older. But if you notice, Whenever God really wants to say something special to the world, he seems to choose those who are young. Hmm. Interesting. Ah, but Joseph was not only young, Joseph also was poor. We know that because shepherds in that time and place were poor and carpenters also were very poor. Carpenters had to work long and hard for meager results. I would suggest to you that Joseph actually had to spend his entire life scrambling just to make ends meet. So he was young and he was poor, didn't have much. However, what he did have, he was ready to devote to the woman he loved, to his Miriam, his Mary. And so he approached Mary's father, That was the way arrangements were made. He approached Mary's father and asked if they might become betrothed. Uh, That meant that their relationship would become public and legal and official. They would actually be considered husband and wife, even though the actual marriage would occur in due time. And so the arrangement was made. The promise was sealed. And yet no sooner was that done than horror of horrors. Joseph discovered that the woman of his dreams was suddenly with child. Dear God, it must have shaken him to his very core. Now the Bible tells us that at that point, Joseph actually had two choices. He could go public with the whole thing. That would have resulted In the very least, for disgrace for Mary. In worst case, it would have led to her death by stoning. Or the other option, he could just divorce her quietly. Joseph chose that latter option. However, before he could act upon that, the angel of the Lord appeared yet again, this time to Joseph. And the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit of God. Can you imagine how that would have set his head and his heart to spinning? And yet please, at least, give Joseph credit. Joseph somehow managed to take all of the swirling pieces of confusion in his life at that moment, managed to put them together enough to make some sense out of it all, so that he could then do well. The Bible says it so simply and so beautifully. Joseph did as the angel commanded. He took Mary to be his wife. In other words, Joseph, obey. It's as simple as that. Note this down. If you wish to have a significant life in the Lord, all you really have to do is just obey. It's as simple as that. That was the great message of God delivered to Joseph by the angel. Listen, hark, the herald angels sing I'm came that point in time where Mary and Joseph had to take that long, hard journey from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem, Ah, not much of a journey by our standard, just 70 or 75 miles, Um, but traveling under the circumstances in which they traveled, it was a long, hard journey. Joseph on foot, Mary on the back of a donkey. It would have taken them five days. That's right, count them, five days to make that journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It would have been hard under those circumstances for anyone, but excruciatingly difficult for a woman expecting the birth of a child at any moment. As a result, when they at last arrived in Bethlehem, they were Dog tired, bone weary. And what does the Bible say? <laughs> there was no room for them in the end. That's all it says, but that says it all, doesn't it? Joseph, bless him, must have scrambled around and found some shelter for them in a cave stable. Wasn't much. Turned out to be enough. I've often imagined what an incredible moment it must have been. When there, in the fading light of the day, Joseph reached up and grasped the woman he loved and gently lifted her from the back of the donkey and then carefully placed her on a bed of straw. I've often imagined what her face looked like there in the candlelight, drawn with pain, but fierce with joy. Weary, dusty, but eyes sparkle. I've often imagined that at that moment, she looked up at Joseph and said, Joseph, you have done your part. Now, it is up to me. And there, in the simplest of settings, with only passive animals to watch and witness it all. There, there occurred the birth of God on a silent, holy, the gently rolling hills around the little town of Bethlehem, there were shepherds there, shepherds tending their flock. Poor shepherds, very poor shepherds. Carpenters were poor, shepherds were poorer still. In fact, when people wanted to make fun of other people, they used shepherds as bait When people wanted to look at the bottom rung of the social ladder, they would say, well, at least I'm not a shepherd. And yet it was to poor shepherds that the blessed angels came. Mark this down. God does not come to those who look good. God comes to those who look to him. And so God came to poor shepherds and they responded they said let us go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us and then wise men came as well now if shepherds were poor wise men were rich we don't know how many there were oh we know they brought three gifts gold frankincense myrrh we know that they took a long, long journey following a wandering star in order to find their way all the way to the little family in Bethlehem. We know something else about them, something incredibly important. They were wise enough to understand who the baby really is. For the Bible quotes them as saying, We have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. We have come to adore him. Oh, come, let us all, young and old, rich and poor, let us all adore him. I wonder, I wonder if those shepherds and wise men wondered why in the world would God come to the earth in a tiny baby born in, of all places, a stable? Well, if they didn't fully understand it then, we do now. He came to that place, in that way, so that everyone could see him. Think about it. I mean, had he been born in a palace, lowly shepherds would never have been able to lay eyes upon him. He had to come to a place like that, in a way like that, so that everyone, from the lowest to the highest, from the highest to the lowest, could see him. And so he came to a place so common, so ordinary, so unpretentious, so absolutely accessible, that no one could be or would be prevented from seeing him. And after all, that was the purpose for the journey. That's why he made the trip from heaven to earth. He came to bring the good news of God's salvation to everyone. Mind you, that trip from heaven to earth was incredibly hard. Harder even than the trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Harder even than the trip from Bethlehem to Egypt. Harder even than the trip from Egypt back to Nazareth. It was incredibly hard. But please note, The journey is not over. Jesus has one more trip planned. And this time, when he comes, we shall see him, not in humble lowliness, but in awesome splendor. For when he comes again, he will come. To take us home, all the way home, home to heaven, home to our heavenly Father's house. So, I ask you to sing. ask you please to stand. I wish for each of you a blessed Merry Christmas. Let us pray. Almighty God enable us to live every single day in, by, through, and for The Christ who comes to us at Christmas. Amen. Go in peace.